Hello, and welcome to The Fast and the Fictitious. This podcast series is produced and recorded by high school juniors and seniors producing a college literature credit from Sewella Technical Community College in Lake Charles, Louisiana, during the fall 2023 semester. The course itself is live-streamed five days a week to seven different area high schools as one of Calcasieu Parish School Board's Virtual Instruction Program Dual Enrollment Courses. The idea behind this podcast is for students to have a discussion about big ideas or big issues. Each episode has an anchor text, a short story from a variety of authors, ranging from Ernest Hemingway to Kate Chopin to David Foster Wallace and everyone in between. Using the short story as a guide, each pair of students touch on a variety of topics. Sometimes they do a little critical analysis of the assigned text. Often they talk about larger social or personal issues. In each case, the discussion is open and honest. The hope is that these students will have thought deeply about the issues and topics and that the current and future listeners, whether students or not, will gain some insight into the anchor text as well as do a little self-examination of their own lives, thoughts, and feelings. In this episode, Scotty and Violet talk about Hemingway's Cat in the Rain. The pair discuss such topics as, do people always know what they need? The role of fate, and are we predestined to have what we have? How much should a person put up with? What is the best way to communicate what we need? How much unhappiness in life is normal? Question whether the little things really make us happy. Why people settle. How can we better handle situations we can't change? Where is the line to codependency? The nature of change. Change as a process. How we can be crippled by indecisiveness. How our worst lessons are our best lessons. Do we cut people off for good reasons, or do we sometimes cut people off because we are afraid of the truth and more? We hope you enjoy. Violet. Hello. So I have a question for you today. Okay. What is your question? So my question is, do you think that people always know exactly what they need? I don't, I don't think people always know what they need. No, because everyone has their own flaws. What what would you answer to this question? (laughs) Well, I don't think we necessarily do. Because I think people are very opinionated and we can kind of get in our own heads about different things, whether it be like, you know, relationships or just life in general. And we can think that something is the best for us and it's not always. And I think fate plays a little bit in that. I think if we're not supposed to have something, we're not going to get it. But I think there's also sometimes where lessons are learned through that as well. Um, How do you think fate plays into it well I have a belief that if something is really and truly not meant for you that you're not going to get it so like if something doesn't work out for you you may never know you were just never meant for that thing Ah, oh, okay I get that yeah so in our story our character our woman thinks she needs that cat 
But does she really need that cat, Violet? Or does she need something else? I I don't think she needs that. I think she needs, you know, maybe like a compassion, like compassion or a relationship. But I don't think she, she needs a cat. I agree with you completely. I think she's missing some sort of, yeah, like companionship. Um, One of the things I thought of, I don't know if it's like a, like a, but a common saying was like, everybody needs somebody to love. And I was wondering like, what were your thoughts on, you know, everybody needs somebody to love. I think that is true. I think as humans, we are meant to be with other humans. We're meant to have friends and family and close relationships. So I do agree that everybody needs somebody to love, even if it's not really a person. Maybe it could be an animal or some people mm-hmm. really love their plants. So, you know, oh, just yeah. something. Um, I had this, like these succulents and I, I had them all named and then I'm a terrible plant keeper so they all died but then my mom took some of them and now at Theodore is like thriving and like I I don't know I go talk to him sometimes it sounds weird <laughs> no I've heard of that I heard it makes them grow faster yeah I currently have two plants of my own uh Suki and Max are their names mm-hmm. what kind of plants are they uh one is a bird of paradise the other is a succulent oh my gosh they have like the bird of paradise lego and i i haven't gotten it yet but that's on my christmas list okay so let's just say this woman needs companionship and compassion um in what ways do we see that her husband is not necessarily providing her with that in your opinion well, the only like really interaction we see with him is when she comes into the room and she's like, oh, I saw a cat. And he's like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, I want to do this and I wanted that and I want this and I want that. And he's like, okay. And, <laughs> and um, he's just not really responding to her. And I don't know if that's like, you know, just the nature of their relationship or if that's just a him thing because some guys are like that. So, you know. Well, I think, even if it's just a him thing, she doesn't necessarily like it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think she, he also tells her to, like, shut up at one point whenever she's talking. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering how they got together in the first place because no. <laughs> so she really needs this companionship or this compassion, and her husband's not giving it to her. Do you think that she is right in being an incontent with this? Like, is this, like, normal for her to be incontent with her marriage? Or is this, like, not a normal thing? I think it's a normal thing, because if you, I mean, I don't know anybody in particular. Typically, people, you know, aren't happy in their marriages because of disagreements. Um, But there are cases where, like, one person is just so nonchalant and indifferent. And I feel like, you know, she has a right to be upset and incontent with that. Do you think incontentness in general, just, like, with your everyday life, like, is normal like the grass is always greener kind of thing I don't think like constantly being unhappy is normal I think at that point you know you should probably go see a therapist but sometimes you just gotta find like it's the little things that make you happy and I think she's really struggling to find the little things she mentions a bunch of little things a cat longer hair candles and like having fun yeah. So these are like little things that I think she's trying to fill that gap with in her life. Um, 
speaking of that gap, do you think like people in unhappy marriages, like they always desire to fill that gap or do they just, you know, kind of just leave it for the time being? I think it probably depends on the person and also the person, the way they feel about marriage in general. Some people, they don't believe that like ending a marriage is the right thing to do. So they may try to attempt to fill it just because they don't think there's another way out of that situation. Whereas some people, I feel like maybe they would just, if it's something that's not too unrepairable, then I don't think maybe they would fill it so much. They would probably just try and work it out or in a similar situation where they just know they need to end it. Like they wouldn't fill it. They just end it. Do you think that the couple would stay together? Like in the story, do you think they would stay together? Considering the time frame, probably. Like, I don't think that divorce was kind of taboo at the time. So I don't think that she would leave him or he would leave her. Yeah. They'd probably just end up staying together, even if she was unhappy. Mm -hmm. Here's a question. Do you think he's happy? Hmm. I, I mean, I. I would guess he's not happy if the way he's treating her, like maybe he has something um, going on outside of his marriage and that's causing him to treat her that way. But yeah, I don't think he's happy. Maybe, I don't know if he's happy or not, but I also thought about maybe that's just like him. Like he just doesn't, he just simply does not care. Because there are people like that. Yeah. Speaking on whether like incontent is natural or if this incontentment in their marriage is natural does do you think that incontentment is really a sign that you're in the wrong place or is it just like a natural you know I've heard like a lot of times in relationships people they settle like it's not necessarily the perfect person it's not you know the way you want them to be but they just settle so, so wait what, what was your question again sorry like, is it a sign that you're in the wrong place or is it just like you're bored so you're incontent? I, I think it is a sign that you're in the wrong place because you want to be the happiest you can be. And if you're incontent, then you're obviously not the happiest you can be. Um, I, feel like in, I feel like in my mind, it plays back into that fate a little bit. Like, if you're not happy, you're not meant to be there. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't the place you're supposed to be. Yeah. But then again, it comes with a lot of things where like, obviously you go to school some days and you're, you're not happy to be there. At least I, I know personally I have bad days, but sometimes it's like, so, um, do you think that like being incontent, is that like you force yourself to feel that way or like you force yourself to be in that situation? That's more of my question. Like, do you, do you think people have an option to leave? I think it depends on the situation. Because a lot of times when people are in unhappy situations, they can leave. But then there's certain areas like jobs and even sometimes like romantic relationships where it's just not an option. It's you simply have to stick it out because the alternative mm -hmm. is worse or maybe worse in their brain, not necessarily worse in reality. Um, in the story, what do you think the cat symbolizes? I think it symbolizes the things she's missing in life. Like, 
and maybe even a little bit of herself like she's trying to save this cat from this bad situation so maybe in a way she's the cat oh yeah yeah um I wrote down that one it symbolizes two things like what we desire in life um and when we go searching it's you know we can't really obtain it at the time but somehow in some way it comes into our life anyway even if you know we have to settle for it yeah and then I also said that it symbolizes how we as humans desire a connection to somebody um you know the cat is left into the rain forgotten just as the wife is ignored by her husband and like you said I think she really sees herself in the cat so do you think she's right to be disappointed when she's gifted with a cat just not necessarily the one she wanted I mean it's still a cat I think that ties into the question earlier where it's like did she really want a cat I think she just felt like she felt bad for the cat and um and that's why she wanted that specific cat yeah, maybe it was like the other cat was in the back of her brain. She was thinking about how that cat was still out in the rain somewhere. Mm-hmm. She didn't want this cat. This cat was safe and dry. Maybe. Um, One of the things that uh, I saw earlier is like, how are we all Hemingway's cat? How do you think? Like, how do you apply yourself to be Hemingway's cat? If Hemingway's cat symbolizes like desire and maybe like emotional needs as well as like the need to be saved then I think everybody feels those very naturally we all end up in situations sometimes that we just want out of but you know you can't really take yourself out of them you want someone to take them out for you like take you out of them for you save you in the same way we all have desires for a life outside of what we have I mean whether it's materialistic or about like relationships or just you know where you are in life you could want to be further along in your career or in age than you really are I feel like we all experience those so in a way we are all Hemingway's cat what do you think about that for me Hemingway's cat was like like I said earlier like everybody needs somebody to love like you need somebody to rely on and I think I tend to rely on other people a lot, especially like when I when I need um like somebody to lift me up or like just affirmations in general. How do you feel about like relying on other people? And I, I don't know if you want to answer that, but how do you feel about that? No, I feel like it depends on the degree to which you're relying on someone else. Because if you're relying, obviously, like I said, humans often desire to be with other humans we desire relationships with other humans and companionship and so and I feel like in that way like leaning on them as far as like a listening ear someone to talk to someone to do things with I feel like that is perfectly acceptable I feel like there is a point whenever you're hurting the other person and hurting yourself by the degree in which you lean on people so I feel like Mm -hmm. it's you have to be careful of getting to that spot where you're kind of becoming codependent in a way. But I do think it's pretty natural to want to, like, to need people. Yeah. And how do you feel about that? I think I feel the same way as you do. Like, obviously, you know, you want somebody to talk to you. Um, 
sorry. Um, but there comes a point where it's like you're too attached to them. So Violet, have you ever thought of yourself? Well, not in the past, but like if you look back in your life, have you ever been Hemingway's cat? Yeah, I've definitely been like there's moments where like I've definitely I've definitely needed to be um saved or talked to. I mean uh especially when it comes to school for some reason, like school stresses me out a lot. So I find that having people um reassure me that everything's going to be okay really helps a lot. Uh what about you? Have you ever been Hemingway's cat? Um, I feel like definitely in the way you talk about school, probably a little bit. I am also very anxious. I need reassurance a lot that I'm doing mm -hmm. good, that everything's good, that this is good enough, that I'm doing good enough. Um, I feel like that's pretty natural, especially if you have more of like an anxious personality type to kind of need saving and reassurance and like to want someone to make you feel better. But that isn't always realistic. Sometimes people can't make you feel better. You have to make you feel better. Speaking of that, how do you, if you, if you were in this story, what would you suggest for the wife to do? Like me personally, I would tell her to leave her husband. I would tell her the same thing because I don't think that the kind of dynamic we see there as is, is as easy as a fix as like tough it out. I feel like they're just probably not really meant for each other if she wants this life of like fun and adventure and like for some reason she's bored where she is I think she should go out and seek that maybe by herself maybe with someone else and I don't think that if he kind of just wants a life where he's not bothered by that then maybe he needs to be by himself or with someone who also has kind of the same mindset um yeah. Do you think that um, when people are incontent, is there cases where it's just simply boredom? And do you think like that's ever happened to you? Maybe. Um. I think that the boredom is maybe caused by being incontent. Like if you're in, like, for example, the wife in this situation, um, she's bored with her life. But I think that's probably because like her husband doesn't want to do anything and she's incontent with her marriage. What was your second question? Like, have you ever been incontent but it's simply because you're bored not necessarily because the situation you're in is bad yeah um in I, I'm in band so and our band is pretty small and a lot of people aren't you know very good with their instruments so we take it really slow and I I find that I get really bored and I realize that I'm not happy in band because I'm not having fun. Like I'm just bored all the time going over easy music and stuff. And so that causes me to be incontent. So, yeah. 
<laughs> I feel um, like I have definitely been in situations like that before where I've been bored and I think it's like incontentment, but really I'm just bored. Mm-hmm. Like that boredom turns into like a whole situation about like, maybe I shouldn't be here. Yeah. You kind of wonder, like I said earlier, if you're like in the right place. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if someone truly tries, do you think that they can get over that? Or is that something you're just kind of stuck in? Um, I think, yeah, yeah. if someone tries, they can definitely get over it. Like if you leave that situation, obviously, well, not obviously, but chances are you'll have a better chance of being more content with your life. Um. But I don't think there's I don't think anyone is ever stuck with anything you know they have like the midlife crisis kind of deal where like you know you divorce your wife and stuff like that D- is that okay no but um I don't think anyone's ever stuck yeah do you think permanent changes like that are necessary just because you aren't feeling the most satisfied or should you like I don't know, wait it out, see how long it lasts. I'd say wait it out and see how long it lasts because, I mean, you survive like that long. Um, I think people just kind of get bored for a minute and then realize like, oh shoot, I made a mistake. But I say there's stick some, it out. There's some song, like some country bumpkin song that I think <laughs> that's exactly the premise. Like you're going to do that. Then what are you going to do after that? Mm-hmm. when you realize you made a mistake yeah um there are there are a lot of movies where it's like or like just like when you hear about like cheating and relationships in general it's because like oh yeah I got bored yeah I feel like in a situation where you're so bored you want to go cheat on the person you definitely shouldn't be with that person yeah but the, but then again sometimes it's just, it's it's the them thing like um I guess when you're in a mundane life and like you, I, communication is key. I do believe that communication is key. Like you got to communicate to that person that like, oh, we should do this. And then if they're like shooting you down automatically, kind of like the husband is in this story, then, you know, then I mean, cheating is never okay, but leaving is okay. So Violet, have you ever done something for the change? Like as like, kind of like an adrenaline rush thing like how people dye their hair after a breakup or Mm -hmm. they get so bored that they just you know quit their job or quit the team or like something like that have you ever you've said you have been bored in those situations or a situation but have you ever had that kind of like explosion of boredom (laughs) I don't know how to phrase it I actually have at the like the beginning of sophomore year um I had a boyfriend we broke up (laughs) I was like 14 but um I chopped my hair which I really regret doing now (laughs) because I loved my long hair but yeah I chopped it all off um what about you uh I don't think I've ever done anything like that but I am a planner and I do not like deviating from my way of doing things I like my routines I like things the way they are I don't like change so I think my explosion of boredom would never be extreme in any way 
I think I was just so like, I didn't know how to feel. So I thought I thought I needed to change. And I'm also someone who likes to stick to routine. Like I wake up at the same time every morning, you know, I have the same routine. Um, I like to do homework on certain days and stuff like that. And I felt like I just really needed a change. And that's kind of why I did it. I think one of the interesting things about change and changing your situation is how people can kind of misconceive it as something that is as easy as like an iPhone update or like you got to buy a new outfit when normally change is more of a process. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you feel about that? Like about the nature of change and changing yourself and situation in general? Um, sometimes change is really fast, but I feel like if you're the one doing the change, then you should probably take it slow. Like really think it out. <laughs> think before you do. Well, I think like if you're doing a whole overhaul of like your mindset and your way of thinking about things, I think it's almost impossible to do it quickly. And in situations like you hear about like glow ups all the time, like or mindset changes. And I don't think they're as fast or like a lifestyle change is as fast as it can be portrayed like online. Um, like, um, I know so many people that are like, they're like cutting off friends or doing this and that um, just for the sake of like a better change. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts um, on that? Like on people and cutting off people just um, that you think aren't good for you. I think that also plays back into like, do we really know what we need? Are these people bad friends because of xyz because i think that friends are there to hold you accountable so if you're cutting off friends for simply ever being like hey you're not doing this right in like a respectful way then i feel like that's kind of overkill i think if you are in a situation where there's a lot of toxicity especially among your friend groups i feel like it would be important maybe to cut those people off but i think you also need to do that carefully because once you burn bridges it's kind of hard to rebuild them so I think that needs to be taken with a lot of consideration oh yeah speaking of the like do we really know what we need thing is like do we know what changes we need to make because I didn't know whether or not I need to come here I thought it was a good idea it was like late at night I was like yeah you know what I'll chop it all off like do you think you know what changes changes you need to make in your life in order to make it better I think we're often informed by like things outside of ourselves, like a lot of our ideas for change are um not necessarily our ideas they're like ideas that are kind of enforced on us so I feel like maybe not in a way because if you're getting your idea of what you need to change about yourself from other people then I don't think it's genuinely something you need to change and like you need to come to that conclusion yourself mm-hmm. other for it to be like legitimate Yeah. Um, I know me personally, I'm really bad at decision making. Like I am terrible at it. So obviously when it comes to like change, I'm not very good with it. How are you at like decision making? Oh, I'm terrible at decision making. I hate <laughs> yeah. decisions. I In fact, my boyfriend will force me to make decisions simply because of I if he can if I get my way, he makes all decisions because I hate making decisions. Yeah. Um I'm vegan, so, like, whenever we go out to eat, it's, like, where do you want to eat? 
I don't know, have fun with wherever you want to eat. And then like, what has vegan options? A lot of places have vegan options, but where do you want to eat? Because I cannot force myself to make that decision. It's an everyday thing. That's really cool that you're vegan, by the way. <laughs> I couldn't do that because I'm such a picky eater, but that is cool. Um, But I feel like whenever you're kind of put in a rock and a hard place and you have to make those decisions for yourself like is kind of whenever you learn your best lessons or your worst or yours mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. your worst lessons are like your best lessons in a way because if you learn that this is terrible then you're not probably going to make the same mistake again that's true um have you ever uh learned any hard lessons from decisiveness or, or indecisiveness um I don't think I've ever made like at least not that I can recall like a big decision um at least not one that I've regretted besides cutting my hair and that's like you know kind of a superficial decision but not that I yeah not that I know what about you um, eh, not really. I haven't ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I like I said, I'm indecisive. Normally, mm -hmm. I don't make very big decisions, so nothing really bad ever comes out of my decisions because I just rarely don't like make them. in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the same case for me. I feel like that can be harmful though like even for me because sometimes because I'm so indecisive I'll get put in situations where like I don't know what to choose mm -hmm. and then I'm kind of forced to pick something that I and I end up it ends up not being the one I like because I'm like listening to other people because I don't want to make the decision yeah I kind of base my decisions off of what decision everybody else thinks I should make or off of what everybody else uh, yeah. what decision everybody else did make I think there's a lot of um that's something that's heavily like influenced by high school I think and like being a teenager in general because you never want to stand out from the crowd because if you stand out from the crowd then you run the risk of being like you know talked about made fun of like you don't you never want to be in that position where you're vulnerable so I feel like especially as a teenager it's really hard to like go against the grain yeah um like in English class particularly uh I I never really speak up in English class because it's like what if I'm wrong what if like nobody else agrees or like what if nobody responds and stuff like that I feel the same way because even something as simple as like an opinion, like you don't, don't want to be told you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And like even just answering simple questions, like even in my history class, like I don't want to answer because what if I'm wrong? Yeah. Um, like we had a debate recently and like I did all my research and stuff like that, but I was not the one who talked because I cannot bring myself to blame to like argue with somebody over something that I'm not even sure about um I uh I've been in that situation a few times too you you know plan the group project but you're not the one who talks it out 
but I think decision making and like making decisions for yourself can kind of be a confidence booster and like making changes based on your own opinion can kind of build your like ability later on to make those hard decisions but what about when you can't make decisions what happens then I think you kind of don't build that like I feel like (laughs) even as an indecisive person you kind of need to have the ability to like pick things because there's going to be times when you're going to need to speak up and you're going to need to make decisions and if you're always stuck in this state of being indecisive and not wanting to like speak out about what you want or what you think then you're going to be stuck in situations where that's kind of always overlooked and then you're going to end up like that lady who is not happy with her life but really isn't doing anything about it I don't think she do you think she's made decisions for herself because I feel like you know she's like I want I want I want but she says it in front of her husband so I'm wondering is like is he the one who makes the decisions on what she can get or what she can't maybe maybe not I mean he lets her go out there for that cat so that's showing her that she does have some agency over what she wants um those material goods she could buy those for herself so maybe it is a situation where like he kind of controls what she can and what she cannot have and like the having fun that would kind of depend on her definition of fun what she means by that um Mm -hmm. to an extent again that could also be controlled by her husband or not depending on what it is what do you think about that um I think the you know they have like that that kind of traditional marriage where it's like yeah you can get it but I just gotta you know I gotta approve it first you get your allowance yeah like I'm wondering like if the did he say that he was gonna let her have the cat well, he didn't stop her from going out there and trying to get yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So if he had an issue with the cat, I feel like he would have said something. He seems like he would. Do you think she would listen to him if he told her no? I think she would have. Um, just because, like, she probably would have been like, but I really want the cat. And then he would have been like, no. And I th- I think she would have probably listened to him any- anyway. Just because yeah, if she's staying. I... Oh, sorry, what? No. Um, I really want, like, part of me really wants for her to, like, if that did happen, for her to, like, stand up for herself and be like, no, I want that cat. I'm getting that cat. It's just a cat. But the other part of me knows that, like, if that situation was real life, she probably wouldn't end up getting the cat. Even if she was headstrong about it and argued with him. Um it probably just wouldn't end up happening you know I um for the wife itself I know we're kind of like villainizing the husband here but I also thought that you know the wife was kind of I kind of saw her okay you know like Daisy from the great have you read the great Gatsby or like know about the great Gatsby yeah she kind of reminded me of like just um she kind of reminded me of Daisy from great Gatsby like she has she's in Italy and like a hotel and she wants a cat out in the rain yeah and she kind of has a bit of a demanding way about it mm-hmm. 
And when she was like, I want this, I want that, I want that. I was like, she's kind of materialistic. Like she she's kind of like acting things. like a kid. Like, yeah, you know, you're standing watching TV and like the commercials come on. And you're like, mom, I want that. Mom, I want that. <laughs> she was kind of acting a little juvenile, but that may have been like due to the situation she was put in because if like we're saying and this is the kind of relationship where she doesn't have a ton of agency and she's kind of looking to him to like he makes the ultimate decision he provides her with things then that is almost like a parent-child relationship Mm -hmm. um and I feel like that kind of like um immaturity it kind of ties into her relationship with the hotel owner um I think she was maybe you know looking for like companionship outside of her marriage yeah yeah I feel like we mentioned earlier that one of the reasons she may have liked him was because he like served her so like maybe she's looking for a little bit of power like not just simply companionship but like the ability to like have someone listen to her wants and needs I, I think she's just lonely. I, re- I really think she's just lonely. Yeah, I think she is too. I think that's kind of the ultimate thing about this story is that she wants something and she doesn't necessarily get it. But I think that also calls into question, is she ever going to get that companionship? It, does she have some form of companionship in her husband, but it's not the kind she wants? Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of calls back to that a bit do you have a different interpretation of it not really um I like to think that you know maybe in the future when they grow old she'll probably be either he'll she'll communicate to him that she wants more or like she'll leave I like to think that but realistically I don't know I will admit that I kind of have a cynical view of most stories I read. I don't know why. I'm just always <laughs> thinking that everybody's just terrible. Um, but I think that there's a lot of sympathy to be found for both her and her husband in this one. And you can kind of see, especially for her, but even some other husband, the kind of tough kind of situation they're in. Because if they are married and they are in content, the both of them, Especially at this time, it was probably really hard to change that. So they're kind of just in a situation where they've either got to figure it out or move on. But the move on kind of doesn't seem like the good one. And the move and the figuring it out may be too hard. So um, I'm quite the opposite. I like to view stories with like each story has a happy ending, hopefully. And I when it comes to like stories with couples and stuff and like where it's like, I'm just hoping, you know, they go their their separate ways. Like, um, for example, like the past Hemingway story we read, uh, Hills Like White Elephant. I kind of thought, I was like, I really hope, you know, they break up and she gets with somebody better because that's what she deserves. And I kind of like, I actually, I, it's more of like a feminist perspective where it's like, you deserve better than an optimistic one. <laughs> I feel like I kind of relate to the feminist perspective of it where I'm like, they do deserve better. I'm just very cynical in the fact that I don't think they're going to get better. Yeah. Like, I'm like, they deserve better, but it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, maybe maybe she gets with the hotel owner, or maybe, yeah, maybe she's she just run away from the hotel owner. <laughs> maybe she's just a little bit delusional. <laughs> so, do you have any further questions that you want to ask me? Um, not that I know of. No, I don't think I have anything either. So, <laughs> all right. Great conversation. Mm-hmm. It was.